Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast, where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. I'm Dr. Taves, your host. On today's podcast, we're going to talk all about sleep and the impact that sleep has on headaches, the different types of headaches that come about from improper sleep, issues with sleep. Why would you, what are some signs that sleep is not as restful uh, as it could be? And what do you do to correct that? So we're going to break all this down. This is going to be a comprehensive look at sleep, how to improve sleep. Sleep is so important for our health in general. Uh, But we're going to start out by taking more of a mechanical approach to understanding sleep and why this neck problem that a lot of people have with headaches and migraines Uh, or whether it's jaw symptoms or uh, shoulder tension, these musculoskeletal issues, these spots of tension that send pain into the head uh, and face, um, why is sleep playing into this? Why do we need to factor that in? So first off, let's talk about proper sleep position. Now, most people, uh, this is in the clinic, and then also about 74% of people, if you look at the data, about 74% of people sleep on their side, all right? So we're going to assume that you're a side sleeper. Now, the thing that you have to understand with side sleeping is that most people will uh, say they're side sleepers, but they're actually what I would call pseudo stomach sleepers. So they're, they're rolling a little bit onto their stomach. So the bottom leg is straight, the top leg's bent, and they're twisted. Now, that's important. We'll talk about that in a second. About 16% of the population is going to actually be sleeping on their stomach. So these are the, I identify as like I'm on my stomach, my neck has to be turned in order for me to breathe. And so you are legitimately a stomach sleeper. Every now and then I run into that. And that is something that's kind of the low hanging fruit. That's something that we need to change if you are going to experience relief uh, from this neck issue that's sending pain into your head and face. And then the last position is back sleeping. Okay. Back sleeping is generally fine, but let's, let's break this down. So if you come into Novera and, uh, it's probably one of the first things that we'll talk about during the first or second session, as far as things that we want to change, things that we want to adapt in your day-to-day life. This is, uh, one of the first things we want to discuss. And so let's say, that uh, you're a stomach sleeper, uh, but you fall asleep on your side. You just wind up on your stomach. I hear that quite a bit. Now, what we're going to want to do is uh, keep you on your side. So let's just break down each position uh, and how you're going to stay in that position. Let's just start with side sleeping. Uh, This is what I talk about most of the time. So side sleeping, what I would tell you is you want to have a good, firm, thick pillow under your head. All right, so side sleepers need to be aware of the side bending position, and that's a that's a sensitive position. That's a sensitive movement. Typically, that's restricted. One of the first things that's restricted when it comes to loss of neck movement. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want you to have a thick foam pillow, a foam pillow, or at least a gel pillow, something outside of just standard cotton, something that'll hold its shape. We don't want your pillow collapsing. Uh, a good key indicator of your pillow not being supportive enough is that you put your arm under your head. You have to support your head using your arm, whether it's under your pillow or your uh, arm is under your head to support your head. So if you're doing that, that means you need a thicker pillow. Uh, The pillow is something that I recommend you actually invest 
money into as far as like don't don't just purchase um, a you know cheap pillow off Amazon. I mean, if it's foam, it might be fine, but uh, I, I send people to relax the back. That's one of the places that I'm sure there are other places that you can uh, find a good quality pillow. I think Sleep Number sells pillows, um, but relax the back is uh, the place at least here in Colorado Springs, and I know they're a national brand. Uh, that's where we send people to go get a side sleeper pillow. They they have good side sleeper pillows. Um, the actual company that makes their pillow is called Splintech. So if you look up Splintech side sleeper pillow, uh, you can uh, find the pillow that we typically recommend. It comes in small, medium, large, and has a it should have a chart based on your height. But most people are going to be in the medium range. If you have really broad shoulders, it'll be large. And if you're really petite. Uh, obviously you'll be in the small pillow size would be appropriate. So that pillow under your head being supportive, uh, preventing you from wanting to sneak your arm up there in the middle of the night, uh, that's step one. And just getting that right can uh, go a long way in in helping provide restful sleep. Uh, But the main thing with the sleep position is we want to reduce the amount of tension that builds Uh, at night. So when you're in this static position, maybe you're moving to some extent, tossing, turning, uh, but you're in this position for an extended amount of time. And we want to make sure that we're not increasing the amount of tension in your neck. We talk about time on your side versus time being against you. This is one of the things we want to make sure time is on your side. Uh, It's not necessarily going to be therapeutic. The position itself isn't therapeutic. It's not like it's helping the situation. We just want to make sure it's not hurting it. Getting rest and getting restful sleep, going through the proper REM cycles when you sleep is very helpful in managing pain and chronic pain. If you're not resting well, uh, your body will not be as equipped to manage pain. And so in that aspect of it, we want you to be getting deep sleep and uh, going through your proper REM cycle. In addition to the pillow under your head with side sleeping, I want to see you hug a pillow. This could be a a throw pillow, something that's a little bit thicker. Nothing special here. Could be a body pillow uh, because we are going to put an additional pillow in between your knees. I want your knees together. They don't have to be touching. That's what the pillow's for so that you're uh, comfortable. If your knees are touching, it's kind of uncomfortable, and that's why people uh, have one knee bent and one knee straight. But that knee bent, knee straight position is catering to twisting a little bit. So there's subtle uh, rotation that happens in the spine when your lower body's twisted like that. And so we want to avoid that. And to avoid that, we have your knees, I'll have your knees together, bent up, pillow in between your knees, and then you're hugging a pillow so that your shoulder isn't wanting to rotate forward uh, either. Now, the additional pillows are preventing you from wanting to roll onto your stomach or that preventing you from going into that pseudo stomach sleeping position. If your upper body is on its side, but your lower body is rotated or twisted, that can still be a problem. Most of the people we work with have restrictions in their neck and enough so that even subtle rotation or a subtle tip of their head can be enough to trigger a headache or migraine in the morning. The tension builds especially if you're waking up in the middle of the night with a headache or a migraine, 
It's a good indication that uh, your posturing when you're sleeping uh, needs to be looked at. It's kind of the low-hanging fruit. This is the first thing we want to address. There are other things we'll look at in just a second with sleeping, uh, but this is the biggest one. So side sleeping. So we just talked, I just talked to 74% of you that are side sleepers. Um, And so if you are a side sleeper and you roll to your stomach, if you're a stomach sleeper, you're going to want to transition to that side sleeping position. Um, Side sleeping is the only position where I'm going to suggest you really invest in a good pillow. If you're stomach sleeping, I'm just going to tell you not to stomach sleep at all. Um, So there are people in life that are able to stomach sleep and they have no symptoms. So it's not as if stomach sleeping itself is uh, necessarily harmful to the neck. But if you have a neck problem and if you're dealing with headaches and migraines, I'm going to suggest that you not sleep on your stomach. Uh, it's just too high of, it's too, it's too risky. Okay. Now, a lot of people say that stomach sleeping is the most comfortable position and that's where they naturally will fall asleep. And so what I want to say here is that you do need to sleep. If, uh, you're forcing yourself into a position that's so uncomfortable that you're not getting any sleep, then we need to find some balance. Cause like I said earlier, sleep is important. You need to sleep. And, uh, and so the, the position you've trained yourself to be comfortable in, we just need to retrain that. And so a dramatic push or shift from stomach sleeping to side sleeping, uh, it might have to be more gradual. So ideally we want you stomach sleeping 0% of the time, but it's understandable if you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're on your stomach and then you just transition to pulling those pillows back in. So you're on your side, you're, you're supported uh, with your arm in between your knees. And especially if you have the proper um, pillow under your head, your, uh, your head's going to be somewhat uncomfortable on it, on your stomach, because typically these pillows are thicker, whereas stomach sleepers um, are likely used to a thin pillow or maybe no pillow at all. All right. So back sleeping, let's talk about back sleeping. Back sleeping is fine. Uh, most people are not back sleepers. And so we don't bring this up uh, too often. Back sleeping really doesn't require much of a um, a fancy pillow at all. Actually, a cheap thin pillow is probably fine. If anything, I'll tell people to roll up a hand towel, uh, put it under their neck for a little bit of uh, contour or neck support. Um, If you want to spend money on a pillow here, get a, a contoured pillow that sort of cradles your head and the neck. Um, I have a pillow at home that I use sometimes and it's great for back sleeping. It's, it's relatively thin, um, which is good. You don't want your head propped up too much and it does have contour. So it keeps my head in a neutral position. Now this is important because sometimes back sleepers, uh, will turn their head one way or the other. So your head's still rotated and it's that rotation of the neck that we want to avoid. So back sleeping is fine. You just want to have your head in a neutral position. Uh, You can put a bolster under your knees if you have some back pain. Oftentimes people find that their back could be a little bit irritated with back sleeping. Um, That might have to do with uh, tension through the hip flexors. Uh, There's a lot of things that can be going on there. So if you want to put a little bolster under your knees, the idea here, principles that apply to all three of these is... um, if you're, if you're setting your body up to relax completely or as close to completely as possible, um, you'll get better sleep. We have trained our bodies to sleep in a way where they're actually like the shoulder might be doing some work. 
there's some stress through your spine, um, but you've just slept that way for so long that it just sort of naturally is, uh, it feels like the right position. My argument for people that have a hard time transitioning is just to stick with it. And honestly, there's sort of a mental game here. So if you're on your stomach and you wake up on your stomach, you have to play a mental game with yourself and say, this, this is actually bad for my neck. Okay. So again, we're talking to someone that has headaches or migraines, especially if you wake up and you see an increase in tension in the morning or headaches start in the morning, you're going to want to really figure this out. So if you're waking up on your stomach, uh, there's a level of energy and sort of alertness that you need to, to uh, bring to that situation to say, okay, I'm going to grab these additional pillows. I'm going to make sure on my side because stomach sleeping is, is bad. That's going to increase the amount of tension. You might not feel, and likely you won't necessarily feel the increase in tension uh, immediately when you're on your stomach. And maybe when you wake up and you're on your stomach, your neck might feel relatively okay. It's not like it's bothering you in that moment. So you could probably explain this way, like, oh, this, it feels fine. Um, it's not a big deal, but I'm telling you across the board, if you have this, if you have neck tension, if you have headaches or migraines, I would just assume that your neck has this problem and that you should not be sleeping on your stomach. And so I want you to connect stomach sleeping to increasing the amount of tension through your neck. Now let's talk about that, uh, why it matters. So it has to do with the biomechanics of the neck. Now, We've, we've gone several podcasts. I've had hosts. We've had different people on the show. And so I, every now and then I want to bring back sort of the foundation of, of the neck and how it's connected to headaches and migraines. So to simplify this, the upper part of the neck refers pain into the head and the face, and it can refer pain uh, into these different patterns of headaches. So these different diagnoses of headaches, whether it's tension headache, migraine headache, um, uh, cervicogenic headache. Uh, whatever diagnosis you've received. So we've seen just about every type of headache and migraine, uh, chronic daily headaches, cluster headaches. We've seen just about every diagnosis and uh, traced it back to these neck problems. And, and this neck problem, uh, once it improves, the headache reduces or goes away completely. So what's happening here is it's a movement problem. So the upper part of the neck, the head sitting on the first bone, we should see some nodding and we should see some side bending. And then C1 and C2, so the first and second bone in the neck, they interact with each other and allow us to rotate. About half of our rotation comes from C1 and C2. So C2 has this thumb-like structure, and C1 is shaped like a donut and sits on top of the thumb-like structure, and it rotates. So 45 degrees of rotation, and that's assuming that you have 90 degrees of rotation total, okay? So you can look over your shoulder. Now, most people with headaches and migraines can still do their gross range of motion, meaning just general range of motion might look fine. So what's happening there is there are compensations. The rest of your neck is picking up the slack. And so what we need to do is understand specifically what's happening in the upper part of the neck because that sore, painful spot just at the base of the skull is the, the irritated part of the neck, and that's where these restrictions are happening. So when it comes to sleeping... And if you're sleeping on your stomach, you're having to rotate your head to breathe. Your head is, your neck is sustaining a level of rotation that it's already not comfortable doing because you're basically playing into those compensations. And those compensations over time are what increase the amount of stress through the muscles, the tendons, the joints. And so stomach sleeping uh, causes you to rotate your head, that rotation of the neck um, with the loss of movement in C1 and C2 
is uh, really going to be irritating. Now with side sleeping, let's talk about side bending. Now, if someone comes in and uh, we're just, well, when anyone comes in, we're going through general range of motion. So tip your head side to side, look up and down, rotate left and right. One of the things we typically see is that side bending is kind of uncomfortable. People don't like side bending. And that's one of the things when it comes to just general range of motion, we'll be able to uh, identify restrictions there much sooner than with rotation or definitely flexion extension. Flexion extension are usually okay. Um, rotation, we'll see some compensations, but side bending is usually the most sensitive. Now that's true for um, symptoms as well. So your symptoms are probably more sensitive to the to to side bending postures throughout the day. Now what's happening there is the head sitting is sitting on the first bone, the atlas, and the atlas should shift a little bit left and right when you side bend. Now, when the atlas is stuck and it's not shifting, likely it's shifted to one direction. So you're catering to maybe a right side bend, a slight right side bend when you're resting. So your resting posture might not be in neutral. We see this all the time. And so when you're sleeping and you're side sleeping and your pillow is not supportive enough, you're probably having a subtle uh, side bent position at rest. Now, that side bending position, not being in neutral, is likely going to be irritated. It's going to be irritating to your neck um, because of that restriction, limiting the amount of side bending that's there. And then you're asking your neck to be in this slightly tilted position for however many hours you're in that position at night. So for side sleeping, that's why the uh, proper pillow and a foam pillow, a thick pillow is important. And that's why stomach sleeping, we want to just rule that out. We just want to stop stomach sleeping. Okay, so let's talk about the types of headaches that point to possible sleeping issues or sleeping position problems. So one, if you're a stomach sleeper, like I said before, I just want you to get out of that. I want you to stop stomach sleeping. So even if I uh, mention these few things and this is not describing you, uh, for anyone that has any type of headache or migraine, whether the onset of it is in the afternoon or in the morning, I, I just I, we need to get out of that position. Because even if it's not a one-to-one -one connection, meaning you do this and then it triggers a headache or a migraine, we still want to address and reduce anything that can be increasing the amount of tension throughout the day. Now, if you have morning headaches, if you wake up and your neck is tight and you start to feel head pain or your typical headache presentation, uh, the onset of it is in the morning, uh, any type of headache. Okay, any type of headache. There are headaches we'll talk about uh, that are more specific to certain things that might be happening at night, but any type of headache onset in the morning, we want to address sleep position. And this is hands down um, number one thing we want to do. I've had patients that have a 50%, 50% improvement in their symptoms just by getting them out of stomach sleeping and then getting them in the proper position for side sleeping or potentially back sleeping. Okay. So morning headaches, that's the biggest thing. Secondary to that uh, is pain in the temples or the jaw. So this typically is going to be a jaw problem or at least clenching or grinding of your teeth. There's something in your temporalis muscle that's causing your temporalis muscle right here in the temple, which is a jaw muscle. It helps us bite down. Uh, it actually kind of fans out, uh, like a, like a sheet on the side of our head. And then it runs through a bone and inserts into our mandible, into our jaw. And so when we bite down, our temporalis muscle uh, is activated and it helps out with that motion in addition to the masseter. 
So if you have jaw tension, popping, clicking, pain in your jaw in the morning, or if you have pain in the temples, it could be one side or it could be both sides. Uh, if that's popping up in the morning, likely, again, we want to address sleep position, but we also want to understand what's happening in your jaw. Are you clenching? Are you grinding? What is increasing the amount of stress through that temporalis muscle? Now, some patients just have referral patterns into the temple, so their temporalis muscle and their jaw might be fine. It's just when their neck problem increases, their brain perceives it as coming from the temple. Now, that's that's not uncommon. Um, so especially if you have pain that starts in the back of the head and uh, ends in the temple or behind the eye, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a jaw problem, even though you have pain in the temple. We're more likely going to think your neck is the issue. Now, there's overlap. So it's usually not uh, a mutually exclusive thing. People that have uh, headaches and migraines and, and these neck problems are likely going to have issues with their jaw. It's just a matter of how much effort we put into the jaw. But if you're waking up with temple pain and your jaw seems to be restricted, you carry tension in your jaw and you have evidence of clenching or grinding your teeth, which usually we can see the peaks and valleys of each tooth are kind of worn down. They're looking kind of flat. If you look in the mirror and you smile at yourself and uh, your teeth look relatively flat or maybe you have cracks in your teeth, those are signs that you might be clenching or grinding at night. Um, oftentimes, the most common sort of quick fix is providing you with a night guard. Now, that'll protect your teeth. That might improve your bite. Uh, the night guard is something that um, we can utilize, but typically we want to take it a little bit deeper. So let's talk about other signs um, that sleep might be an issue. So if you have a, a past diagnosis of sleep apnea and you just wake up and you don't feel rested, those are signs that you're not getting proper sleep. That might seem obvious, um, but sleep apnea diagnosis typically leads to CPAP machines, but we want to think of this differently. Okay, so mouth breathing. A quick test here is I want you to close your mouth and for five minutes, breathe through your nose. If that's, it's, if that's really uncomfortable or if you're having to stop before five minutes and kind of gasp for air, that means you have an airway issue and uh, you're not able to breathe through your nose. Now make sure you're not congested. So blow your nose before you do this test, but everyone should be breathing through their nose, um, you know, 90 plus percent of the time. So when you're communicating or exercising, so we have a great podcast with Dr. Goals. He talks about uh, how you should breathe out of your mouth as much as you eat through your nose. Now, that's his uh, kind of clever way of making this stick in your head as far as being aware of how much mouth breathing you're doing. Um, uh, something that you can try is mouth taping, trying to get your mouth to be closed so that you train yourself to breathe through your nose. But uh, if you truly cannot breathe through your nose for that five-minute test, um, likely we, you'll need to uh, get an airway issue addressed. Now, we've had people with airway issues that go through our program, uh, our process, and they find fantastic relief um, without addressing the airway issue. Now, we do recommend that they also address the airway issue, but uh, as far as addressing the level of tension that's built up in their neck and their jaw, we can still find success with that. The reason I say that is because oftentimes changing airway is a, is a very long uh, process. It just takes time. We're looking at changing um, the actual development of the of the bones, retraining how the tongue, uh, resting position, how the tongue sits, and then retraining a habit such as breathing can be challenging to do and it takes a lot of time. And so uh, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll get more of an, an immediate impact with addressing the neck the jaw with our approach, reducing the level of tension, 
And then over time, meaning long-term, we want your health to improve by increasing uh, the uh, the actual <clears throat> uh, volume of air that you can breathe in and out through your nose. And, uh, and so there's different ways of doing that. A CPAP is uh, not something that we recommend. We have a more, so listen to the podcast episode with Dr. Goals. He's got a breathing and sleep center here in Colorado Springs, and he does a great job. We work with him as far as uh, addressing breathing issues. Um, and then tossing and turning. So tossing and turning, in my mind, is either you are going to bed with a level of tension uh, that your body is not able to relax, and so we want to address that clinically. Um, so with these manual therapy hands-on techniques, we want to reduce the amount of tension, improve function. So that when you're going to bed, your uh, your shoulder, your neck, your jaw, it's just more relaxed. That's going to cater to better sleep. Uh, but we also want to get the sleeping position right because if you're tossing and turning, there's a good chance that your body's just responding to um, a little bit of of tension or work that you're asking it to do because it's not fully comfortable in those positions. Now, again, there might be a disconnect between what you perceive as being comfortable and what your body's actually wanting. And I'm just speaking from experience here. But um, because of the nature of what I do, I have trained myself to think of stomach sleeping as bad. I always have my pillow situated, so I'm hugging one, one in between my knees. I have the good pillow under my head. And uh, as I've trained myself to do that, I've realized that my body is truly more relaxed. And once I'm in that position, uh, I stay in that position generally, okay? And so... If you're thinking it might be impossible to, to change your sleep position, just stick with it and you'll develop a new habit. It's just like anything else. And you might think, well, I'm, I'm asleep. Uh, I don't know uh, when I'm tossing and turning. I think there is a level of consciousness that comes about when you're uh, tossing and turning. And so if you, again, if you tell yourself it's, uh, if you teach yourself that it's painful enough to be on your stomach, um, you'll wake yourself up enough to switch positions. Uh, bring those pillows back in and uh, make sure you're not increasing stress to your neck. So what do you do about this? One, um, you want to you want to first change your sleep position. That's that's relatively easy. Okay, for some people that's very easy. For other people, it's going to take time, but it's worth the effort. Okay, so stay off your stomach. Uh, have the proper pillows when you're on your side, and if you're a back sleeper, that's great. Maybe invest in a contoured pillow. Put something. Put a uh, roll up towel under your neck. Um, we want to also reduce tension. So that means, um, treatment itself with what we do here at Novera Headache Center, we've seen people's sleep improve because they're more relaxed. They're carrying a level of tension throughout the day that then transfers into their sleep at night and, uh, they're just not able to relax. And so going through treatment will allow the body to have, um, more of a relaxed posture, uh, rest in more of a neutral position, and so we're working against those compensations to uh, have the movement, the proper movement that we should have, which translates well into in, uh, reduced tension when you sleep. We also want a little bit of this um, sleep-wake cycle advantage. So um, exercise is something that uh, we want to be doing. We want to be getting our heart rate up. We want to be doing something that uh, is exerting uh, our musculoskeletal system, putting good stress through our system throughout the day um, so that when it comes time to sleep, we actually feel tired. So exercise can be of great benefit here. Um, and then there, so there's a lot more that we can do with sleep, but I'm just going to end it here with, uh, improving airway. So if you truly, uh, are a mouth breather, you have a hard time breathing through your nose and there's lots of other things that Dr. Goals talks about, 
then we want to improve uh, your airway and uh, and take you through more extensive process. So sleep is what it uh, can be, and that'll help with uh, pain relief, prevent you from getting into a chronic pain state, uh, and really set your body up for success uh, going into the next day. So sleep should be restful. It should be sort of a reset. And uh, especially for a musculoskeletal system. So when it's not, that's a big problem. And that's one of the first things we want to address. There you go. That's what you should know about sleep when it comes, when it pertains to the head and the neck, jaw symptoms, signs to look for so that you know how to properly evaluate your own situation. And then if this sounds like you and you are looking for relief, you haven't found relief. Well, first off, I want you to take to heart the tips and tricks, what we talked about, just understanding these things. Um, can can do a lot for your situation. Secondly, don't be in this alone. Reach out to us here at Novera Headache Center. We're in Colorado Springs. We'd love to have you in person. We do have people fly out for treatment, um, but we have uh, health coaching as an option. It's a fantastic option. We're getting great results. And uh, so we work with people from all around the globe and helping them solve these problems. We want to hold you accountable. We want to make these changes. They're hard changes. They're behavioral changes. They're changes that don't feel like they're really going to be that helpful, uh, but we've seen them have a dramatic impact on people's lives. And we want to help you get off of medication as much as possible. We want you to feel like you have control over your situation. And so we would love to help you in your uh, story and uh, have your story have a happy ending rather than feeling hopeless and lost in this cycle of being reliant on medication. Thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, if if this information has been valuable to you, I want you to do two things. I want you to give us a five-star review, and I want you to share this. If there's a podcast that stands out to you, I want you to send it to a friend that's struggling with headaches and migraines. We have seen this podcast do dramatic things for people. It has changed their lives because this information is not readily available, and it's not talked about. And so we need your help. I need your help to change the culture and and the feel of our healthcare system when it comes to headaches and migraines. I think it's a worthy cause and I love that you're a part of it. Thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'll see you next time.